0: Welcome back, my friends, to another episode of the Suited Kings podcast. Here with my co-host, Mr. Wesley Cannon. Today's going to be a more of a strategic episode, but not in the way of talking about hands and kind of dissecting them. Today, we're going to get into playing in a professional mindset or having a professional mindset, and ways
1: that you can get into these mindsets to help you improve your next tournament. Yeah, this is a great topic to talk about. There are actually a few reasons why. I think we decided to talk about this this week,
0: <laughs> oh yeah, uh,
1: first off, it kind of came up in our discord last week. If you're in the discord group, I think it was cold in Minnesota or Eric, as he's known in real life, uh who brought this up you know, how do you mentally set yourself up, you know or reset if something goes poorly this weekend? I remember I was talking to you about it. Uh, I I actually shipped the the main global poker tournament, the Sunday scrimmage. I've always wanted to win that one. I've final tabled it a couple of times, but I never scooped
0: it. So I'll just tell quickly what that is. It's the on global poker every Sunday they have a two hundred eighteen dollar buy-in, seventy five thousand dollar guarantee. Typically fourteen to sixteen k up top, twelve to sixteen k up top, something yeah. like that.
1: Fourteen seems pretty normal. Yeah. yeah.
0: How many entries did that have? 379 I want to say. 379. So I was out in Tahoe snowboarding all weekend, back to back to back days. So I didn't uh, It's pretty fun. Yeah, it was it was awesome, man. Enjoyed that a lot. And then Wes was here at home scooping up the biggest daily on Global. So congrats on that. Yeah, thank you. So that how did that come one. about now?
1: Well, so I started off by busting day 2 of the main event at Canterbury pretty quickly. The fall are the Winter Poker Classic day 2, okay. Yep. Just lost Queen's Versace King. So, you know, it was 1130 and time for the online grind. Yeah, time for the online grind, but also I was like, okay, I don't need to jump right in. I want to make sure I get a little reset
0: in. Well, yeah, and I think a lot of the, like, those tournaments kind of don't start until like two to four, anywhere between two and 4 p.m. central time. So I think you have a little bit of time to reset.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean on different sites there're different tournaments that yeah, are always Yeah yeah that's right but, yeah yeah but that was the idea I didn't want to just hop right in and feel like I was firing off a bunch of buy-ins so I took a long walk and had a little food and whatnot okay anyways the funny part of this <laughs> which I told you <laughs> uh so I think first off I texted you Max Asked me how my day was. Yeah. More specifically, asked me if I won the Sunday scrimmage on Global.
0: <laughs> um, so yeah. So you tell me that you won the Sunday scrimmage, and then you followed it up by telling me that you listened to Rick Ross for six hours.
1: Not just Rick Ross, but one song. I listened to Drug Dealers Dream by <laughs> Rick Ross for like six hours straight, full volume, and uh, you know I don't know. I just I had my headphones and I was listening to, listening to some music while I was playing. And this song comes on, and I'm like... Did it just pump you up? It pumped me up, but also not... It made me feel confident. Like, it gave me a little extra swagger, but not to the point of being, you know, delusional or unfocused. You know what I I mean? I mean, listening to a
0: song, one song for six straight hours, is kind (laughs) of delusional, or at least it'd make me go insane. I know that much. Well, I put it on repeat, and that was that. And you won the Sunday scrim. No, that's actually really cool, though, and I think... A reason why I, I, I think you're crazy, but I also don't think you are because I had a, a close friend back in the day that I would poker with, who also told me a very similar story where he would play live and he would just listen to "Lose Yourself" um, by Eminem for mm-hmm. for the entire tournament straight. I can barely listen to the same song once a week, let alone like more than once per you know in a day. So
1: yeah, so that's just a funny story. Obviously, the main reason I won was because you know luck I, box yeah look <laughs> and, and a robot i uh yeah I, I won a couple key all-ins yeah this this didn't guarantee success by any means but it did shift my your mindset, mindset a little bit.
0: absolutely and that's kind of the point of telling this story is i think while the tips that we're going to give you today aren't going to necessarily guarantee you a win or they won't guarantee you a win period what they will do is they'll help set you up to a to a level of confidence that will help you play your best in the moment. And that's pretty much all you can do.
1: It is. It is. And I think, uh, you know, I I was also talking to our friends and one of our roommates out in Vegas, uh, Ben about this a little bit just yesterday too, after we decided to make this the topic of our episode. And he was talking about, you know, do some people just have it quote, you know, it and yeah. Yeah. yeah and the magic sauce yeah and i think i don't think there's such thing as it i think when people say that it's just referring to certain skill sets that aren't as obvious but are also important i think so, it's
0: it, that's a cool recognition and i don't know if you remember from our conversation with josh reichard yeah but uh, i mean to him some people ha- it, it is an it or it is a, a special sauce or a magic um, but yeah, in a logical sense, it, there, it can be broken down into a skill.
1: Yeah. The, there are different things. It's just not stuff that someone who's playing poker, even any real competition, mm-hmm. necess- it's not on the forefront of your mind necessarily when you're, when you're thinking about what it takes to be good at something. Cause we, you know, you and I can, we can talk about hands. We can talk about what bet sizing we should use, if we should slow play or if we should right, pot right. control, all these different strategic things, but if you are not able to think these things through and implement them in real time, it's not going to matter how well you can think about poker off the felt. You know, I think what it ultimately
0: boils down to is putting yourself into a flow state, mm-hmm. a state to where everything comes naturally and easy, all these tough decisions. yeah, um, And doing all these small things can help you Elevate yourself into that mindset. Um, I know, for example, when I'm snowboarding over over this past weekend, um, it's a different kind of flow state, but it, it's a very it is a flow state. And what I mean by that is, I'm going down the mountain at 30 to 40 miles an hour, mm-hmm. carving left and right, dodging people and stuff like that. There is literally nothing on my mind other than that moment mm-hmm. and enjoying myself. And I and Thankfully for snowboarding, it's very easy to enter flow state and it's because of like the adrenaline and all that stuff.
1: Before you even mentioned snowboarding, I literally pictured myself skiing down a hill. There's something about it.
0: Yeah. When you're on the hill, it takes you into that that flow state almost immediately, naturally. Whereas other things like music production or playing poker, sometimes you find yourself out of um, or with a lack of confidence or... A lack of inspiration or creativity, things like that. So you have to take a few more steps to kind of get into that flow state. And I think, again, that's kind of where we're trying to guide everybody listening
1: to this. Yeah. Agreed. So I think we should maybe get into a few of the ideas that we have for what we do, what we think people could do to make sure they're sort of maximizing their time at the tables. Yeah.
0: And And I think not only at the tables, but things you can do before the tournament, during the tournament, and even after the tournament. kind of want to specify uh, what I mean by after the tournament is taking a moment and recognizing where things went wrong so that you can better help yourself prepare mentally for future tournaments. All right, let's get into it. So I I think starting off at the beginning is going to be the best here. Um, What kind of things do you do, uh, Wes, be it online or live, before a tournament to pump yourself up?
1: So for me, one of the things that, that I do, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's to pump me up necessarily, but I think it's okay. important. It's that I do a lot of visualization and so also the, with the amount of tournaments I play both live and online, I don't think there's really ever a time where it, where I'm, you know, not in a, in a situation where I'm before a tournament, if okay. that makes sense. So, Cause there's always one. That I'm going to play in the near future. Yeah. So this isn't something I'm necessarily doing. Oh, you know, oh, we're driving to Iowa for some tournaments. I should do this now. Yeah. It's something I kind of always work in. Okay. And I, so visualization, this can mean a couple different things. So one of the things I'll do is visualize how I'll react to certain things Happening in a tournament.
0: So you, these are kind of th- like this is a thought you're having on the way to a tournament, for example, or like preparing no. maybe on a walk or.
1: Yeah, it's it's more so like I might think about it when I'm on a walk in the shower, you know, when I'm not actively doing something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I mean by that is I think it's common for people to sort of visualize the good things. Right. Yeah. E- either the best, the best or worst case scenarios. I think people hold your thought Mm because this is kind
0: of tailoring onto it, but I think a lot of people naturally will visualize the bad things, but not how they react to it. They'll just, they're just like, man, I feel, uh, I'm just going to get bad beat. I'm just going to get a bad beat.
1: People will be in that mindset. Yeah. And so one thing that you can do is let's say you're, you're visualizing a spot where you are chip leading with 15 players left in a tournament. Yep. On one hand, you can – it's easy to sort of fantasize about you win a couple flips, your bluffs get through, and you just run your way through the turn. You know, you win. Right. I think that's
0: important to focus on, but not where you're going with it.
1: Yeah. So I think that's important to do. I think it's important to visualize executing the right plays in the moment. Yeah. But I also think it's important – let's say you get kings in against ace-king and they – bang off an ace and yep. you're down to 10 big blinds and you're 13th out of 15 now it's important to visualize not necessarily that that will happen but if that happens everything's okay like you, you just play a 10 big blind stack now you yeah. know and so visualize how you're going to react in that moment a- at some point you will be in that moment right whether it's in a big tournament no and
0: and whether you're thinking positive or negative thoughts it'll happen yeah
1: that that will happen at some point or something similar to it so you will be more prepared to continue playing
0: well i have a great visualization for that so take a second and think you're driving a car down the road right Mm mm-hmm the chicken crosses the road okay you, you you rip out of the way i mean i feel like most people are going to hit the chicken but yeah. say if say, for, say we say want, it's a
1: really big chicken say it's
0: a chi- yeah the chicken's going to crush your car Yeah. we swerve out of the way right we're we're off track we're spinning left and right The point of thinking about this ahead of time is being able to get your car back on the road and straight without crashing. Or for example, you're on a Minnesota road in the wintertime and you start losing a little bit of control. That mental preparation will help you get your car back and straight without nose
1: bombing and back into the rebuy line or on your way home. Yeah, I, I think the best way to phrase it is going back to the poker example here is saying if you play long enough, all of these sort of situations will happen or something similar to them. And just preparing yourself for how to react instead of actively hoping it doesn't happen. Like hoping for things that are completely out of your control is not a good way to improve your game. No. And no. and so, and, and this is also the case when you're actually in a hand, you know, let's say you have pocket jacks and it's 10-8-5 with two hearts and you have two black jacks in your hand you bet and they call and you're just praying that the turn isn't a heart you know you're hoping yeah. it's the three of diamonds yep. or something that makes sense but you're going to be in this sort of situation a ton of times over your your poker career or whatever so think what will i do in these different yeah cards? instead of hoping worrying about the card and hoping that it doesn't come
0: take a thought of or have the thought of well, say the King of Hearts comes a very scary card for my specific hand. What am I going to what's my next action gonna be that
1: isn't emotionally controlled? What's the next yes. optimal decision? That's here? that's perfect. That's a perfect way to say it. Because the nice thing is if it is the three of diamonds, perfect. That's an easy decision. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if it is the king of hearts. Maybe you just have a check fold. You yeah. know, m- maybe that is actually an easy decision. It's just the the disappointing one. Instead
0: of allowing you yourself, and I've seen this a million times, people go, oh, they get all their chips in when the king of hearts comes out and they're behind, so either they're either dead to a flush or the opponent has king, queen, whatever that yeah. thing might be. But then they go, well, I was ahead up until the turn, and then that's
1: how they justify it. Yeah. Actually, I think uh, that reminds me of this hand at, my final table in council bluffs I, I so i don't know how how this guy uh told his wife about the hand but he was a guy who just kept going all in oh I, re- I was i was the one talking to her. i yeah, remember this yeah and so he just on the flop went all in for four times the pot it was like 753 and he ran into a set and he just had jack 10 off He
0: he had jack 10 off yeah so he was
1: stone dead to backdoor. anyways he busted obviously and I think his wife told you that he's a really tight player. <laughs> he's a really tight player, and and that he busted Jack Ten against pocket threes or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. and the way he phrased that was as if they got it in pre-flop.
0: Right. Yeah. He, so he didn't really tell his wife that he shoved four times <laughs> pot with Jack Ten, uh, Jack high on against a set. But um,
1: yeah, and, and so it's But that's
0: how he justified it. Instead of trying to take that moment to be like, I made a mistake and I shouldn't be making this play, he'll probably continue to make that play because he he's lying to himself
1: yeah and and like you said about the 10 9 10 8 5 the king of hearts turn card yeah yeah you may have been ahead on the flop with pocket jacks but the turn and river card count just as much as the first three and so it doesn't exactly yeah it doesn't (laughs) that's well put as well yeah so every decision every decision is its own separate thing and so visualizing what you'll do I think particularly whether it's a good or a bad thing or a good or a bad card it's visualizing what you'll do in the difficult situations that come up. I like that. So, so to summarize kind of the first point is visualize
0: not just you winning the term. I f- I think visualization's huge by the way in all aspects thi- but um agree. visualize not how you know visualize how you're going to react to bad beats so that if when that time inevitably comes you're prepared to get back on track and not lose control completely.
1: Yep. Yeah, because you can be, let's say there are two versions of yourself that play poker, and they both have the exact same overall understanding and knowledge of the game, but one of them, when you get bad-beated, goes on a little bit of tilt mm-hmm. or or gets flustered when a bad card comes or when something bad happens, and the other one just continues to play their best game that version that continues to play their best game is just going to win so much more in the long run because no matter what you do in poker, you're going to have a ton of tough decisions and tough beats.
0: I think one thing I want to add to that is I don't think that's something, and you might be able to disagree with me here, but I don't think it's something you need to do forever um, is to visualize how you're going to react to bad beats. I do believe it's a skill that, that you get better with over time. So at this point, I don't even at least where I'm at in my career and having dealt with so many beats and really sitting down and having an honest talk with myself, when those unexpected moments happen and I take a bad beat expecting to win, I naturally can already bounce back from it because I've put so much time into visualizing it and how I'm going to react. So I don't think necessarily you should always just think about taking bad beats, but it is a great way to manage your tilt, especially at earlier in your career.
1: Yes, I agree. I think it's something that like, I don't really do it that much anymore. It was just something I learned a couple of years ago and started doing. Yeah. You're freshy. I get it. <laughs> and yeah. And then, uh, from time to time, maybe I'll do it just to sort of mm-hmm. reset, but yeah, I also think, you know, two points agreed that visualizing the good things too is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also I think that, yeah, it's, one of the things that'll just help you play your best game all the time is once you have a lot of experience and you've had good good results over time, you will be much more resistant to taking the bad beats, which I think is exactly what you yeah. were talking and
0: about. And I think to kind of further improve on your point is that you can think you can visualize positive and negative things, but in this case visualizing the negative thing will have an actual impact on your future of your tournament whereas visualizing the positive of it is just a hope you know i mean like it's not you're not gonna win that hand and then
1: tilt from it right yeah so and it's probably worth saying it's probably it's
0: tangible you can learn something from the from visualizing the loss whereas maybe not the win
1: that actually also gave me the idea though i think it is good to and i haven't done this a ton but you know visualize if you you know whether it's you you get really lucky in a hand or you maybe win a big tournament visualize how you'll play after that and visualize you know maybe what you're going to do with the money uh how you're going to play the the, next tournament
0: very good point yeah i didn't even think about it that way but yeah i mean i guess in that way thinking about there there can be uh actual benefits to thinking in a positive manner in that way and
1: and i think I've done that. I do that stuff too. I just think that one comes a lot more naturally. Like people think, you know, oh, if I win this big tournament, what am I going to do? And then usually hey. it's blast off and go broke. Again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, it's huge to not do that too. But yeah, but, no, I, but
0: this is where visualizing can come in handy. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm going to invest this much money. However, uh, w- uh, disclaimer, don't start visualizing too much about the money you haven't won yet. Yes. I've definitely been there, you know what I mean? Because then that can just hurt a little bit more when you do take a bad beat and all of a sudden all those plans go to kaput, you know?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think we can sum it up by saying plan for all the possible outcomes and visualize how you'll react to any of them. We'll put. I like that. All
0: right. Um, So I guess, you know, there are some things that I do to pump myself up. Um, I mean, pump you know, pump myself up could be, you know, to get myself – help myself build a level of confidence so that I come in playing at what I would think is my best game. Mm -hmm. Things that I do before tournaments and kind of sticking with things we do before the tournament is I'll hop on YouTube and watch some of my favorite players play a couple hands. Um, People that I would maybe tune into uh, Brad Owens, uh, Brad Owen, Owen. You know what I really enjoy watching about his content um, is that on every street, pre-flop to the river, he gives exactly his breakdown process. So it kind of helps you set a structure for how to think when going into a term, instead of just being, you know, all right, got a flush draw.
1: All right, I'm raising. So I actually have a question. Okay. Do you ever when you're in a hand, do you ever think, okay, if I was doing a vlog, what would I say to my viewers about this hand? And does that help you think? I haven't
0: thought that specifically, but I do think that that could help you think through the hand in a little bit of a deeper level because it gives you that motivation or initiative to not to when you have an audience watching, you obviously are going to think a little bit more carefully and a little more deeper. So it might motivate me to do something like that. Mm -hmm. Do I think that or have I done that? No. I mean, when I first started playing poker, I remember I would ask myself a lot, what would my dad do here? yeah and now i don't say that i love you pops but now he asks you what i do yeah it's funny because he says what would max do here he's like when i'm when he's playing his and goes what would max do here yeah he told me about how he got it all in with like the 13th nuts at our uh, bowling league the other night he's like i was all in and i flopped trips but (laughs) i'm like dad after he re-raised you like you shouldn't be then shoving all in you should be calling here (laughs) like get it together anyways getting off the topic here um Yeah, watching good players on YouTube just a little bit before my session helps me get into the poker mind, Mm -hmm. separate myself from what was going on that day and get into the zone. Another good thing that I like is I will pull up a couple of my global hands that I've saved Mm -hmm. or hands on my phone from previous live tournaments, and I'll just browse them bad or good, you know, I mean, I'd be like, oh, oh, I made this mistake. Oh, this is how I was playing that day. Again, just to help me get into the mindset. So those are a couple of things. And then back on the track of visualizations, um, this one kind of doesn't have like a, a net benefit to it other than building your confidence. And that's just visualizing the win. Like I'm going to have my face on that winner's picture tonight. And the only thing that for me that comes from that is – it makes me hungry to go in there and play my best.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I mean, simple stuff. Those are kind of things I do ahead of tournaments. What other, I mean, I know you do other things. You said you walk, you exercise.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, walking is the main thing. I think, yeah, sometimes before an online session is, I'll I'll, if I'm going to the gym that day, I'll schedule that for before the session. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, when we're on the road or whatever, just taking a walk, getting outside, fresh air, moving around a little bit will... Just improve my focus so much and put me in a much better mood, yeah, and just less tilt prone I think I think uh something like tilt management oftentimes it's easy to think that someone who just does it plays poker professionally is just somehow immune to tilt. It's like no, no, I'm not i I've just gotten it's a skill that I've gotten much better at, it and' is I, a skill right I don't get tilted as much, and when I do, it's less. less drastic, I would say. But these are all the things, you know, these are things I do to just try and minimize that. One thing I kind of want to clarify
0: for listeners uh, is that, while these are kind of things that Wes and I do. They're not necessarily things that you need to do. You can try the things that we do, like take a Wes-like walk or break down hands or watch YouTube like I do. But make sure, or I, I guess where I'm going with this is that Tailor it to what works best for you and don't just copy us. There might You might find some other things that work better for you other than these things. Yeah. Expl-
1: explore a little bit. Extrapolate. You know, if you're uh, or like a, I don't know, if you do martial arts or something. Yeah, like yeah. Just Or or you're a boxer, like spar with someone, whatever. Or I mean, another thing you and I, if it was more convenient, I think you and I would both go out and ski and snowboard before a session if right. that was no, for, in our backyard. Right, no, for sure. So... One thing I've learned that doesn't work for me is, uh,
0: is, which works for you, is working out. Like, I don't maybe it's not the working out part, but after I work out, I often then hop in the hot tub. And I always find that I have bad results. I might be results oriented by noticing this, but I think, and you and me had mentioned this previous to recording this, is that sitting in the hot tub almost just makes me too loose and complacent. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not uncomfortable. I'm just too comfortable. You know what I mean? I'm not on that fine flow state. So I'm, I'm kind
1: of just too relaxed. I, th- I think I agree with that. I think if I do the hot tub or sauna type thing after workout, it, it puts me – like I could fall asleep after that. Yeah, yeah exactly. And you don't – I mean it's almost like eating too much food, which we'll get into yeah.
0: I think. But um, one thing that works really well for me and kind of goes along with like I would go snowboarding beforehand is golfing. Like when we go on yes. trips, I'll often late register and play 18 or 9 holes ahead of time. And then I often, I mean, again, it might be results-oriented. I do well after that, mm-hmm. but I'm just dialed in. I'm, I'm hitting that flow state better because golf definitely doesn't make me complacent. It makes me edged out a little bit. You know what yeah. I mean?
1: It's a tilty game as well, so. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, you mentioned food, and I think that was that's a good transition into another little point I had is, obviously, you have to eat. You know, don't completely starve yourself. Although, to be fair when i got second place in the the fall poker classic on day 2 i did not eat until i didn't eat all day until we finished the tournament which was like well how's that a. to be fair that's kind of just improving on your point no it's not because well cuz i was going to say you should eat but then i was like well maybe you shouldn't okay cuz i that your
0: your point was just don't eat too much
1: yeah don't overeat um i know i have had I remember a couple of years ago at the World Series, there were back-to-back tournaments where I had a pretty good stack, and then we had dinner break, and then I busted both afterwards. And they weren't huge punts, but they were spots where I felt like I could. I would normally play a little differently, and I, I made small mistakes. Yeah, we've talked about yeah. this.
0: You didn't. It's not that you came to the wrong decision, but you could have came to a better decision. And it's just yeah. kind of complacency, and I think that aligns with Being in a hot tub, like I'm just too complacent. You don't want to be complacent in a tournament. You want to be a little bit
1: uncomfortable and always looking for that better next answer. Yeah. So, you know, obviously, if you're going to be playing, whether it's live or online, you're hopefully going to be playing a long session. If you're going to be eating, like have snacks, you know, small meals, like divide it up. Make sure you're not stuffing yourself at one point don't starve yourself. Cause then obviously you'll, you, you might not focus
0: as well then get yourself some energy. But I think there is something to be said about uh, minimally eating because I mean, look at people who fast. I mean, yeah. some of these people say they're in, th- they reach a, like a mindset of clarity that they haven't experienced. you know what I
1: mean? Yeah. I think, and there's something to that where, and you know, I don't want to get too yeah, off we're track with ha- this, yeah. but I've never fasted. So I'm but fine. I know there's something where if you haven't eaten in a while, your body naturally is super sharp and focused because it needs to find you know, yeah. Back in the old day, like you needed to find the next It's that predatorial to, instinct. Yeah. And so to a certain extent you do get more locked in. I like that. Yeah. Um Yeah. Okay. I think yeah, the main point is just don't don't put yourself in any sort of food coma. Okay. That's uh so
0: and I guess that kind of crosses pre-tournament and during tournament right mm-hmm. what things do you do during a tournament to help you stay focused besides listening to the same song for six hours yeah
1: that's not a normal one but maybe <laughs> i'll try
0: it some more you know i might i mean you won the sunday scrim doing it i'm gonna definitely find me a song and just blast it for six hours straight and then i'm probably gonna i don't even know we'll, we'll end it there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, um anyway so yeah what kind of things do you do uh during the tournament or during a tournament to help you stay focused?
1: So one of the things I, that I like about live tournaments is they have the breaks every, I mean, it's every two hours, but everyone gets up and walks around. So it's kind of built in that you take a little break and move around slightly, you know, maybe get some water or whatever online. It's like a five minute break every hour. And My best online sessions happen, I think, when I – whether it's – I'll do a few lunges around my apartment, do a few push-ups, like some very light movement to where I just feel a little little better. um,
0: Do you think about something at that point or are you just doing physical activities? Are you saying, hey, this is where I'm at? Like, all right. We're on break. I'm approaching the bubble. Do you kind of like set yourself up visually again for like where, how you're going to play from here on out dependent on where you are in the tournament? I know online it's a bit more difficult because- Because you're being like six of them. You're yeah. in six tournaments. But I guess in
1: terms of like live, do you do things like that? In live tournaments, a bit. I, I don't know if I would say specifically do something. I think one of the biggest things for me is- especially if it's a big spot, you know, a big tournament, mm-hmm. maybe it's late on day one or, you know, close to the money, wherever it might be, taking the moment to sort of relax and be like, no matter what happens, life is good. Yeah,
0: so, huge. That's a big one for me too. And I think that helps not only with your playing, but with your tilt management.
1: It does. So so one, one outside piece of advice is make sure your life is good or that you <laughs> are happy with your life because – if you're not you should
0: work on that before playing poker.
1: I think so because if you if you can't honestly tell yourself that if you just let's say you run kings into aces the first hand back from break and you're mm-hmm. bust like if you can't honestly tell yourself life will be good if that happens. Yeah then that's a problem in itself that we're not qualified to... No, I think that's
0: huge. And I know this might resonate with some and it might not with others. But for me personally, um, in past relationships that were, you know, they were a bit more toxic and I'm thankful that I don't (laughs) have to deal with this now. It was, you know, like my significant other would be like, we'd get into maybe a small argument and then I'd go play poker. Yeah. And that would weigh on me through the entire tournament. So having that burden on me while playing just never ended in a good result. I never made optimal decisions. I was always thinking about that and not about the moment. If that's the case for you and you're kind of, I mean, it doesn't always just have to be a toxic relationship. It could be, you know, a a family or work or whatever it might be. Um, Resolve that. What I would recommend is just not playing the tournament if that's not resolved, because you're going to save yourself money in the long run. However, I know it's easier to say than to do, and I'm guilty of then going and playing after such things, but work on those side of things first and then get into the tournaments. Yeah. Because um, you're just going to be much more successful from there. Kind of a tangent, sorry.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think it's a really important thing. It's that, you know, if you. If you're a poker player and obviously you have to be good at strategy and stuff, but then also if you have a life that just makes you feel like crap all the time, that's Mm going to trickle into your game. And so, yeah, when I'm, uh, I I think I talked about it too, about the going into day two on the gladiator, Mm -hmm. it it was a spot where it's like, Oh, if I bust right away, I cash for a thousand bucks. That's nothing. And sometimes I will, like there are tons of tournaments I play in where I do, you know, bubble or I Whatever it might be, cash for way less than I was hoping, and it's important to just take the step back going into it and say, "Yeah, if if the worst, if I just bust this tournament, that's okay."
0: Yeah, and you're gonna bust a million more.
1: Yeah, you're gonna bust a ton of these. Like that's the the, and you know the outliers are when you don't, you know, when you win or get top
0: three or whatever. Uh, Knowing that it's okay if you bust, and you're gonna go home and live a happy life you'll be able to then make a decision that might be, you might put your tournament life on the line, but you might be able to pull the trigger on a spot that will hugely benefit you, whereas you might not.
1: Yeah, playing in a in a way where you are afraid to bust yeah, is often a result. Or, yeah, if you're in a spot where you value that specific tournament so much, it will make you make, you know, whether it's not, Three bet jamming, you just want to call with your ace queen and try and hit top pair first. Or it could take, you know, take shape in a lot of ways, but you will overvalue your tournament life in such a way that will cost you opportunities to actually get that big score. Yeah. Yeah. So just don't, you know, find value your tournament life the correct amount.
0: Yeah. Kind of stepping aside from that, I'll tell a quick story um, about what I did when I won the MSPT, uh, Mm -hmm. Meskwaki, uh, back in the day. Uh, So I remember I was listening to a podcast on the road trip there to Meskwaki, Iowa, no longer an MSPT stop. But the, I don't remember what podcast it was at this point. What did I listen to then? I think it might have been like a Tim Ferriss podcast or something along the lines of that, where he gave an example, an acronym, and each Uh, letter of the acronym kind of like helped me figure out like this is why I'm here this is where my goal is and and this is what I need to do to get there and each of the letters kind of helped me sit back in the moment and refocus myself and then I'd go into each hand prepared like it's okay if I go bust here it's the right play right Mm -hmm. so I, I unfortunately don't remember what the acronym was at this point but I remember thinking of that Almost every orbit all the way until the final table. And even I think with two final tables or two tables left, I ran a big bluff that ended up being just a airball bluff and uh, got snapped off. So it didn't work out. But right after I lost that hand, again, I didn't have to visualize this because I had that skill at that point, but I remember then going straight back to the acronym. All right, so this is where I was. This is where I am now. What do I need to do to be successful moving forward? Mm -hmm. And, And that's what helped me end up winning that tournament, right?
1: I didn't give up at that point. I went right back to where I needed to be. Yeah. That made me think of a couple things that I was going to say too. Uh, First off, any tournament you win, you're going to take a bad beat at some point. Yeah, yeah. So just because you take a bad beat doesn't mean your tournament... It doesn't... I think people have this vision that to win the tournament, you need to have everything go right, and you don't. No, you don't. And then the second thing is in a, in a game like poker, and I think a lot of things, but especially in a game where your results don't directly represent how you played that day, have process oriented goals instead of results oriented goals. Because if you, you know, if you're in a world series event, for example, top 15% cash to say, okay, my goal is to cash this tournament. Well, okay. So if you're near the bubble and you know, this it could go badly in a lot of different ways, but basing your how you feel about the day based on the one result, it's just not gonna be that helpful. You know, saying, Oh, I wanna I want to only buy in once to this daily tournament Well then you're gonna make decisions that are just really nitty and don't allow for you to take any calculated risks. Yeah, I mean I think it's okay to set goals, but not ones
0: that will hinder you. Like, well, yeah, I guess most of them will. Like, I remember watching Daniel Legrand. He he stopped doing it now, but, like, maybe a couple of years ago, he'd set intentions, mm-hmm. um, and he'd be like, I'm going to bag this exact amount or more today and not last, da-da-da-da. But I think even setting something like that will, all of a sudden, you're going to be putting yourself in decisions that maybe you shouldn't make just to try and reach that goal. Yeah, yeah, I don't think... And it could work vice versa, obviously, where you said, like, you knit it up too much because you're only going to buy in one bullet. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't, like you said, make it more process oriented instead of,
1: yeah, have your goals be, you know, they can be kind of vague, I guess, but I want to think through every hand a certain way, or I want to take three seconds before making, before actually making the bed or something, all all these little things, I, I don't know what it would be for you know i i don't really have these specific things i just want to like play well and whatever that means yeah um but yeah any any time you're basing your how you feel about a session on one specific result that's not going to that's going to mess with your head a lot too because you can have uh I, i think when this topic came up in our discord it was you know the guy who mentioned it said he had spun up a stack early in the tournament and then he felt like he busted it off, or he did bust. Yeah. So maybe maybe he felt like he made mistakes, but also it's like that will just happen regardless. Like yeah, a resu- lot. It'll happen a lot. Like you
0: can build up stacks early. For example, your winter poker classic first bullet, you, you spent spun it up to 140 from 30K immediately and didn't even bag.
1: Yes. Yeah, I was definitely... And I you have, could have still been playing great the rest of the day. It's just sometimes that's how the result goes. Exactly, yeah. So just the, the difficult thing about poker is... Because you know you can't look at short term results as an indicator, it's hard to know what to it's hard to know when you're playing your best and when you're not or if you're playing well or poorly, yeah, if you haven't been doing it for a super long time
0: I think uh, a good way to realize that is to ask players who you respect or look up to and sometimes those players might not even be good players, right? They might not give you a good answer. So you can reach out to Wes or not. Wes, <laughs> Wes and I. Yeah. Um, just kidding. But we would always be able to or be happy to give you tips on that kind of stuff as well. I just wanted to touch on a couple of other things that I do mid-tournament yeah. to help keep yeah. me focused. Speaking of keeping focused, where are we at right now in this podcast, Wes? What do I need do, to do to move forward? Well, we need to stay on topic. You do. <laughs> One thing I love doing specifically in live tournaments is every orbit, or sometimes it's two, depending on how uncomfortable I am or comfortable, it doesn't matter really, I guess, but I'll stand up, mm-hmm. I'll stretch a little bit, and I do this frequently throughout the day, I get my blood flowing back to my brain, I stand up, I'll... I don't go far from the table. I'm paying attention to the action still. Like I'll just stand up, stretch my legs a little bit, kind of look around, see who's in the tournament. But then I'll also ask myself, and I learned this from the Darren Darren Elias course on upswing. I'll I'll take a step back and say, hey, what stage of the tournament am I in? What do I need to do at this stage of the tournament to be the most successful? And then often make sure that you're revisiting those thoughts because that will change constantly throughout the tournament
1: that's a good way to say it because you could you could be in an emotional state where oh man i just had two hands where the worst card came and i had to fold and i don't know if i got bluffed or if i just got unlucky or what but then if you step away stretch out you're like okay i have 29 big blinds i know how to play 29 big blinds yeah they're like 30 percent of the players left cool i know what that means i know how to do this and so it's easy to sort of Put yourself I, back on track. I, that's something I should probably do more is just like stand up and yeah.
0: stretch out. Yeah. And again, it, it, like I said, like instead of sitting there dwelling on your thoughts the, and which could be very negative because of a couple bad beats you took, stand up, reset mm-hmm. and then ask yourself and then but not only reset, but say figure out, you know, where am I at in this tournament and what do I need to do to improve from here or be successful from here? And again, do it frequently because that will always change your plan moving forward. You know what I mean? And yeah. then you'll recognize, oh, I'm nearing the bubble. I need to, I have a bigger stack. I should probably be applying, applying pressure in these specific spots. Or I'm a shorter stack in this spot. These are the opponents that are taking advantage of the bubble. I should be tighter against these players, more aggressive against these players. These might be a good, these players might be good spots to squeeze over and not, you know what I mean? Like, these are just thoughts it's that are going all, yeah, It's head. just
1: preparing yourself for as many scenarios as possible. Yeah, and realizing that you know what to do, and you just need to execute. And, and by the way, if it all blows up and you bust out, that's still fine. Then that's how
0: it, and that's how it happens exactly. And I think you want to just be—you don't have to have the exact same thoughts that I'm having or saying now. But what you want to do is say, "Hey, I'm here. I, I'm good enough at this. I know what I'm doing. I'm confident, and move forward from there." Because mm-hmm. that'll help you kind of reset. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What about you? Middle tournament? Are you just robotic? I mean, you're programmed that way.
1: You know, I don't think I am. I just, I just, I feel like the, one of the biggest cons I've pulled on the poker world is people think I play anything like a solver would, I don't know, but I shouldn't have even, maybe we should edit that out because I feel like it just gives me such an advantage that people think I'm going to play like a solver and You know, and
0: and here's the thing is a lot
1: of them don't even know what that truly means, right? (laughs) For sure, for sure, no. But but you are right that I am oftentimes at the table, I'm much more sort of – like you're chatting a lot. Mm -hmm. And I'll do a little bit of chatting here and there, but a lot of times I'm in more of a stony sort of –
0: yeah. And that's just Quiet our different mode. styles of playing. I guess, you know, the same question we ask in a lot of our interviews is, is poker and art or science? Well, it's both. It's probably morally ba- like foundationally a science to which then art can kind of happen from there. Right. Yeah. Um, but like my art in, in poker is talking to my opponents for what that helps me do is it helps me figure out how my opponents are feeling. You know what I mean? Like. Which ones I can, if I'm talking to you, it's not just because I'm purely trying to manipulate. I promise I, I do care yeah. about, you know, how you But you're there doing is it. an element, you know, you but figure no, out yeah, stuff but, about people. But I get these key things from people like, you know, like how they're, you know, if you listen back to our Blake Bond episode, like it's a lot of the same reasons that he talks to people. It's, you just get a, a taste of how they're feeling and maybe that will help you Know how they're going to react to specific actions that you make against them.
1: Yeah, and in the most pure, in the purest form of it, I remember hearing a story of someone at the main event, World Series main event, who just talked about how much it was day three. He kept talking about how much he wanted to cash. He folded pocket jacks face up to one. He folded jacks in the big blind to a raise, and he's like, "I just want to cash. Never do that. Yeah, never. At least never show it. Yeah, if you're gonna do it, never show it." then you're just gonna get yeah punished yeah exploited right and so he obviously people aren't doing that but you pick up on more subtle things yeah yeah i would also argue that at its core that's still a science yeah well
0: well, like i said it's i think the the foundation is science and then how you work around the science is the art mm -hmm. for you it's uh, you know pulling up that calculator in your brain and and figuring out the mathematics. (laughs) It's really not like, it it is a little bit, but like, yeah, I'm, I'm obviously joking. I know. And especially more so lately, since um, you and I've been working together a lot, I feel like you've opened up your game a lot more to um, an intuitive base. Obviously that intuition is founded off of studying that you've done prior to that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There it's, it's based on both the math and the, the perception of what the other players yeah, do. Yeah, and that just know? continues to
0: grow as a skill as you as you play more. Wes, these are some things we've talked about beginning of the tournament. Are things we do you know before the tournament? Mm-hmm. Um, things we do during the tournament. What kind of things can we do after the tournament to help us prepare mentally for future tournaments? I know you had mentioned visualization. What kind of things, yeah, help you prepare for the next tournament in a mindset state?
1: That's a good question. I, of course, it's a good question. Yeah. I mean, it's a genius question. <laughs> a lot of it is just getting out of the sort of getting out of my own head, you know, whether it's a good result or a bad result. Like one of the things I've tried to do in general is just do normal life stuff, you know, make it not all about poker. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've I've talked
0: about this a ton. Um, maybe one thing I'll say will help kind of inspire your thoughts here. But I think the most crucial thing you can do after a tournament to help you to help uh, you be successful in the future is just being honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. Honest with yourself. Did I and don't justify things? You know, what I mean, I had to do it here. I had to go on yeah. with this. Just be honest with yourself. I made this mistake. I played this well. I could have got more value here. I I made this mistake, and oftentimes it's I made this mistake. I made this mistake. I made this mistake. Recognize those, and not only will it help you with tilt management, it'll help you make better decisions
1: in the future. Mm-hmm. I guess for me the thing is after a tournament or after an online session, maybe just not even you know being done with it, and and moving. Obviously, if there's certain hands, I think I need to go over. I'll either text them to someone or text them to myself or store them away or whatever. But I think just not overthinking the one result for me for, yeah. I mean, I find myself like I need maybe a
0: half hour at most of decompression time after a tournament where I, I mean, it's the only thing I'm thinking about. Like I can't just bust the tournament and then not think about the things I did correctly or incorrectly at that point. I need 30 minutes. Yeah. And it's usually on my drive home again, the dashboard confessional, as I said. Um, I'll sit there on my drive home and I'll be like, oh man, this, I, I can't get out of this. Set. I mean, whether I won or lost, if I've won, I'm, you know, it's a lot easier to look past the mistakes you made. But when you make mistakes and then you bust because of them, that's my, you know, that 30 minute drive home is typically when I can recognize those and be like, all right, this was my fault. And I think it may be just as different for each person.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If I, if it goes poorly and it's because of bad luck. I've definitely gotten better. In the past I would I would just hate it but there's nothing you can do. Yeah, but yeah. I've gotten better at just sort of laughing. It's not that I'm not pissed about it. It just I can be sort of brooding about I'll brood for a while about it. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. then I'll sort of laugh at myself. Be like, you know, I, me- I remember I mentioned there was a time when I was super tilted at the World Series and then I just fired off this super angry uh, Snapchat to a few <laughs> people, like, to people who knew I was kidding. And then I just laughed at myself. I'm like, Wes, you're kind of, you're living your dream here. You're playing this game professionally. That's and you're still skill. so tilted. Like, imagine how much of an asshole people would think you are. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a
0: skill you've built on, though. I yeah. mean, you recognize it, and you'll continue to recognize it faster as you continue to work on yeah. it. so and,
1: and And so if I make a mistake whether it busts me from the tournament or I make a mistake at some point, I, and I know it's a mistake. I'm like, okay, well, why did I make it? Yeah. Was I, did I know it was a mistake in the moment? And was Mm -hmm. it just mental error or was this just a really tough spot where I don't think I came to the right decision? And if that's the case, I kind of note that, okay, this is something I should study in the next week or whatever. But but also, yeah, if it's a mistake, I just sort of am like, oh, well, that's fine. I'm I'm actually okay with that because I, I know there's stuff I can always get better at. As long as you recognize that it was a mistake, because I think a lot of
0: people will lose mistake inside the bubble of unlucky.
1: Yeah, there's sort of a justification process. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think one of the best things that you alluded to is don't no matter what happens don't just don't feel the need to justify it and i've even even when it is just like a bad beat i just don't really like telling bad beat stories anymore yeah sometimes i i don't either sometimes i do hold back i'm I'm very good at it
0: now like i'm like oh
1: i'm gonna and i'm like all right never mind forget it (laughs) yeah um because yeah i i've i realized the less because i've taken brutal beats yeah but, and you don't get anything out of you don't get anything out of telling
0: bad y- you beats. You stories. might think you get
1: sympathy, but most no it's just cares. people thinking you're annoying. Yeah. No <laughs> one, whether they're a poker player or not a poker player like yeah. People don't care. Yeah. I don't it's, think it's, you're And any, it's fine. Like yeah. when someone tells me a bad beat story it it would have to be like the ultimate I got one outed. Yeah. I flopped a set and he backdoored quads on the bubble of 100k tournament, you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: And there's a difference I want to clarify between telling a bad beat story and just telling your friend how you busted a tournament. But if you're like, oh man, I'm just so unlucky, and this is what happened, da, da, da. whereas I'm like, hey, I got to set over set amount. Yep. like that's not telling a bad beat story. I mean, you got a bad beat, but like I'm not looking for your sympathy by telling it. Yes, and, and I think that's kind of what separates just telling your, you know, a yeah, beat
1: looking from- for sympathy and looking for validation that you didn't make a mistake. Yeah, because. I think there's a certain comfort to just being like, I, sometimes I do make mistakes and that's fine. Like even the best poker player in the world makes mistakes all the time. 100%. So.
0: Should we, uh, summarize kind of the things we've went over? Mm-hmm. Um, so before tournament starts, what are a couple of
1: things that you do to kind of get yourself in a good mindset? Uh, exercise, you know, pro- I would say light exercise. Yep. Some visualization, which is something I—it's not necessarily right before a tournament, yep, yep. but good and bad visualization, so you can prepare yourself for any scenario. Yep. Light meal. Yeah. Typically, nothing meal. too heavy. Um, yeah. And, and I think this is kind of lumped in, but also just health and you know, getting a good sleep. We didn't talk about it, but yeah, things that improve your health overall. Are I mean, good for sleep
0: you. is probably the most important thing. Yeah. I mean, the last thing you want to do is be fading out at a poker table, you know, just eyes half a closed, not paying attention to what's going on, your brain just not calculating things. Mm-hmm. Again, you want to kind of want to be a little on edge. Uh, that's at least what gets my brain flicking, you know what I mean? It gets it gets me thinking about all the things I need to be thinking, whereas if I'm too tired or too comfortable, I'm just kind of like, all right, well, I, I, I mostly call here, so I'm just gonna call, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it's always It's always deeper than that. So anyways summarize things you can do ahead of time and for me it's you know watch youtube videos of the players i like most to help get my brain thinking in that sort of process um i'll study a couple of hands that i like and these aren't things i do every time but they i find that when i do them it benefits me um and then also visualization it, it doesn't benefit me too much but it helps build confidence is just straight up hoisting the trophy like i was like this is my tournament i'm gonna win this mm-hmm. and i don't bring it further than that but i'll kind of remind myself throughout, throughout the tournament so going into during the tournament, things you can do to help maintain a mindset that will set you up for success, standing up every orbit, recognizing where you are in the tournament. Even if you just took a bad beat, resetting, saying, hey, this is where I'm at in the tournament. This is what I need to do to be successful moving forward. Because even if you just took a bad beat, that's in the past. Now you need new work. You got new work ahead of you. So working on things like that. Yeah, and then just imagining, you know, myself making the final table. What I'm going to do depending on what kind of stack I am. Just preparing for those things.
1: Mm-hmm. What about you? Like in the middle of a in tournament? in the middle of the tournament, yeah. It's mainly uh, just the little things, like on breaks, moving around a bit. Okay. It's uh, as I said, I think maybe what I should do more during a tournament is stand up every now and then just stretch out. Not only is it good for your body, it's good for your mental capacity. It's it yeah. the blood flowing to your brain again. Um, you can kind of reset mentally. Yeah. I think if I find myself in a spot where I do start feeling a little off, tilted, whether it's in a, you know, winners or losers tilt, it's sort of the reminding reminding myself why I'm there, what my plan is, and even if it all goes to shit, that it's fine. Yeah, But it won't be because I wasn't fun. I'm glad you brought that up yeah just I think probably the most important takeaway from this whole episode is
0: get your life order life uh issues in order before playing poker because those will weigh on you and, and your mindset when playing poker at
1: all levels yeah so just make sure that you're you're content you know what I mean <laughs> in yeah. that aspect and and that reminded me I also thought of like if you're playing way outside your bankroll you're oh, yes, that's the bankroll yeah <laughs> if if you if you do that you're going to feel that stress regardless you're gonna do whatever mistakes you make like you'll be more likely to make if you're way outside your bankroll 100 percent um and then lastly
0: things you can do after the tournament um be honest with yourself recognize your mistakes recognize the things you did right try and and you know improve on the things you've done right and then try and improve on your mistakes as well but most importantly recognize them so that you can grow from
1: them and not just justify them under the I got unlucky bubble yeah and I didn't even mention this at the time, but on the flip side of after you bust, I remember even a few days ago, I told you I bagged a tournament and I said, I don't even feel like I played that well. I just ran super well. Yeah. I've been there too. Yep. Yeah. And I think there's just an element of not taking yourself too seriously, you know, be okay with like laughing at yourself or.
0: Yeah. And you're not always going to be perfect. It's okay to make mistakes. I mean, you you can hear Wes and I banter a lot, and I'll tell him things that I did. And he's like, What? Like, what are you doing? And vice versa with him, a little bit less with him.
1: <laughs> he's almost always right. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I've I'm made tons kidding. of mistakes. You're a dummy. Just- <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah, so just make sure to recognize your mistakes. Work on, especially tilt. You know, I think tilt is. A, even the best players in the world tilt. It's, it's never going to go away. You're always going to have you know, those emotions, and it's healthy. It's healthy to go through those things. But as you get better at that, uh, at recognizing when you're experiencing it and then pushing it to the side so that you can move forward, and that kind of aligns with what I was saying during the tournaments is to stand up, recognize what happened, recognize where you're at, and that, that's not going to benefit you moving forward. You have a new goal now. Let's push towards that, and that's how you're going to win tournaments: is by getting out of those
1: funks. So, lock that in. Yeah, I think uh, one of the best ways to look at it for me is both from the side of ment- mental and technical mistakes in poker. Your goal is just over the long run to keep making those mistakes smaller and smaller. Yep, exactly. You know that the leak
0: is uh, you know the leak is big, and we're never going to fully. Plug the leak, but it'll get smaller and smaller. Or you can look at it. We have lots of leaks. You're never going to plug them all, mm-hmm. but you can, you know, I mean, it'll get better. The boat will float more with the more we plug them. So, yes. anywho, I think this will be a good time to wrap it up, Mr. Wesley. I want to mention um, a cool giveaway that you and I discussed last week for yeah. our Discord listeners, our Discord followers, whatever you want to call them, our Discord members. Peasants, I like. <laughs> that should get edited <laughs> up. <laughs> um, so, we're rounding almost to 100 Discord members. Uh, I want to do a little... We want to do a little giveaway for our hundredth disc. You know, once we reach 100 members in our Discord, I think we're at 80 now or something like that. Uh, we're going to give away a one-hour free coaching uh, webinar, seminar, whatever you want to call it. We'll sit down with two people via Zoom Wes and I at the same time, and we'll dissect hands with you and really help you dial your game. And so we're just going to choose two people at random through our Discord channel. Make sure to hop in our Discord, become a member. So when we reach that 100-member hundred uh, 100 mark, $100, I'm <laughs> already thinking money, 100-member mark, um, your name is in that drawing. We will end up letting you know if you want or not. And uh, if you want to hop in our Discord, check out my Twitter, at Deuce Newcomb. The never-expiring link will be right there pinned at the top. So awesome yeah and i i think we look forward to that and as the discord continues to grow we'll continue to do more giveaways Uh, i know we're going to be talking merch here soon we've been recording videos which are in the process of getting edited now so expect a lot of new form content uh, via social media um these will be great videos to watch 30 to 30 second to one minute videos to help you get pumped up you know i mean put you in the right mindset as you uh enter your next tournament so Anything else we should end on here, Wes? No. I'm excited to get some of those videos out. Yeah. I think preparing for tournaments and mindset is one of the most crucial things you can do to set yourself up for success, especially with the tournament season kind of starting off for the new year. We got the MSPTs coming
1: up. We got the World Series of Poker right behind it. It definitely feels – obviously, there's always poker. But, yeah, the, the lead-up to the World Series – Which I guess we're still a few months. But yeah, now that the schedule's out, it feels like we're getting back into it more.
0: This is when we, I mean, we've been playing a lot and, you know, we will continue, but it's time to really do the work Mm because we're going to be chasing dreams this summer.
1: Oh, yeah. We're going to be living out the dream. Fulfilling
0: the dream. Fulfilling them, yeah. I love that. All right, my man. Everybody, have a great night, day, weekend, morning, sleep, whatever time (laughs) it is, whenever you're listening to this. And uh, until next time.